Good morning, church. How's everybody today? Good. Good. Good to see you. Welcome to church. Welcome to North Star Church. We welcome both of our campuses, and we welcome those that are joining us online. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. Do you believe that? Say amen. 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 We're glad that you're here, and we're excited to be a part of what God is doing at North Star Church. Our kids just got back from camp, and they had a a great time, and it was very profitable. And I'm just glad to be a part of a church that believes in the heart of the family and the light of the church and the gospel, and that makes orange. And so we talk about orange a lot around here. Well... I want to say a quick thing before we get into the message. One is um, First Saturday Serve Day. It's August the 4th. And the way to sign up for First Saturday Serve Day is by texting the word SERVE, only the word SERVE, to this number, 662-493-2311. Now, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, having, providing uh, ministry to the schools We have 19 schools and 31 break rooms that we are going to be providing uh, care baskets filled with various different things so that as the teachers come back to school on that week, they'll be able to, even though from what I've heard, they don't have an opportunity to to really take a break, but uh, they will be able to come and... and, uh, partake in some of the goodies that we provide. Now, when you text the word serve to that number, you'll then uh, have some options like uh, it'll tell you to text only the number one. Don't say the number one and uh, give us a message or anything, just the number one. The number one is you can't come, but you would be glad to provide something. The second option is I can come and I can provide something. The third option is I can come, provide something, and uh, help deliver them the following week. So on that Saturday, we're basically going to be separating the stuff out and compiling the baskets. Aren't you glad to be a church, part of a church that does stuff? Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, just give a God a praise clap for that. So we're excited about that, but we need you to sign up. Even though uh, you might not feel like doing it right now, you can do it right now as long as you're listening uh, to the message. After you select your choice, then later you'll receive uh, an email uh, detailing what some of the needs uh, are, some of the things that, uh, that you can bring, in other words. All right, well, let's get into the Word. Our text today is found in Matthew chapter 14. We'll get there in just a moment. We're in a series that we began last week called Even Though. Even Though. Say that with me. Even Though. Everybody together, both campuses and online, and if you're at Starbucks, just just go for it. Say, Even Though. And uh, if somebody looks at you funny, that's okay. Even though this happens in my life, I will trust God. Now, the heart behind this series is that God would forge in us a bold faith because there are going to be 
difficult times that come. Life tends to deal us a hand that sometimes we weren't expecting. And we say things like, man, it's, it's hard to understand. It's hard to face what I'm going through. It's hard to believe when I'm going through this. It's hard to have hope because I'm going through this. But even though these things happen, I will trust God. And so in this message today, we're going to be talking about uh, the storms that come into our life. And you know, the Bible has a way of speaking to whatever we're going through in life, doesn't it? If you're uh, old to the faith, you know what I'm talking about, the Bible, man, you pick it up and, and God just has a way of speaking to the circumstances and the situations and the dilemmas that we are going through in life. Somebody, someone said, if you preach to the hurting, you'll never lack an audience. If you preach to the hurting, you'll never lack an audience. Now, our text for today uh, amplifies this statement, and that is that even the storms come in life, Jesus is Lord over the storms. I'm speaking to somebody right now, or those right now that are going through the storms of life. And it's easy to, to make Jesus Lord when everything's good. When, when everything's good, we come to church, whoo, we feel good, we leave here, we go eat, and uh, life's good, life's good. But when things aren't good, Sometimes we fail to realize that, that God is sovereign, God is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And not only is Jesus Lord of the good times, Jesus is Lord in the stormy times. This passage today, it, it's, uh, let me just set it up. It's about uh, a storm that happened and how God brings the disciples through the storm. Now, the context is this. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He had just fed the multitudes, up to, upwards men and women and children, upwards as many as fifteen to 20,000. Jesus had just fed them. And he had gotten word that his close friend, and his relative, his first cousin, actually, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. So Jesus needed some alone time. I'm thinking, it's just me, but I'm thinking that if Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, came to the point in his life on many occasions <coughs> that he needed to go and be alone with the Father, I'm thinking if he, Jesus, needed to do that, how much more should we do that? And so we're in the middle of a storm, and Terry can say that all he wants. Jesus is Lord of the storms, but when we're in the middle of the storms, sometimes we fail to get alone with God. And so Jesus, the Bible says, went and got alone on the mountainside 
to pray. If you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to begin to read with verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he dismissed them, he went up to a mountain, on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's, it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. I pray that you take the reading of your word and, and bless it. And God, give me the words to speak. May the Holy Spirit apply the truths that we hear today to our hearts, that we may follow you as Savior and Lord. And it's in the wonderful, precious, matchless name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Now, the central theme of this passage, oftentimes, and I, I've done this, I've preached from this passage numerous times throughout the years, oftentimes the central theme of this particular passage is Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water. You've heard that perhaps uh, preached. But that's not what I'm going to talk about so much today. I'm, I'm going to be talking about more about how, how the disciples reacted in the storm that came into their life. The Bible says that Jesus made them get in the boat. He put them in the boat. And he went off to pray. And the, the Bible says that a, a great storm came. And maybe you feel like today, Pastor Terry, I, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, in the middle of a storm. Maybe a marital storm, a relational storm, a storm that's going on at work in your life. But there are storms, and sometimes we don't know what to do and how to react to them. The Bible says that, that they had rowed their boat all night. And what should have taken about two to three hours to cross the other side of the sea, they were now nine hours into the journey and only about halfway across. It was pretty bad. Maybe you've been like the disciples. You've been rowing all night. Maybe you or thinking like them, is this ever going to end? Will I ever be able to see the other side? Will we ever get through this? Honestly, today, there are some that are listening to me that are thinking, I don't know if I'll ever get through this. I don't know if I'll ever get over 
or past this physical thing. By the way, healing may not be physically, may not be this side of heaven. You know, we go through stuff, and there are people that are going through stuff right now that's like, wow, waiting. And the reality is, we live in a fallen world. So, Terry, why are there storms in life? Well, there are storms in life because, you know, uh, we live in a fallen world. It was once a perfect world in the Garden of Eden. That's a literal place. That was a literal place. Adam and Eve were literal people. And sin, the Bible says, came into the Garden of Eden. It didn't just like show up. They chose to sin. They disobeyed God, and from that day forward, there had never been sickness, there had never been uh, death, depression, nor storms until Adam and Eve made that decision on that critical day to disobey God. And the Bible says from that day forward, sin has been in this world. And so that's why we have storms. Now, the Bible says that in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. If you're taking notes today, this is the first thing that I want you to notice, and that is that we mark it down, write this down, this is the truth. We are all going to have storms. We're all going to have storms. Someone once said, and I've said it like umpteen times, thousand times. You're either, I said it last week, for some of you who weren't here last week or you weren't listening. Can I get an amen? It didn't hit you, it didn't sink in. And that is that we're either coming out of a storm, we're in a storm, or we're going into a storm. Do you get that? Well, I don't know if I've ever been in a storm. Well, get ready. I'm the minister of encouragement today. You're going to be in a storm. You are going to go through difficulties in life. It may be marital. It may be work-related. It may be financial, emotional, or physical. But you're either coming out of one, you're in one, or you're going into one. Now, God doesn't cause all the storms. God allows storms to come into our lives. Sometimes, however, storms are of our own making. Do you hear me? Sometimes we make choices and decisions and we go directions in life where we cause the conflict, we cause the storm. I've caused some of my own storms in life. So have you. And then some storms are caused by somebody else's bad choice, somebody else's bad decision that carries over and bleeds over and it affects you. And because of that, you are affected by the storm. But then there are times that God is the author of the storms. You may have heard me say this before, and I, I usually add one to this every single time. Uh, maybe not every single time. 
Storms come into our lives sometimes to perfect us. Well, I don't know why I'm going through this. Well, God's using this to sanctify you. He's using this to perfect you, to, to help you come into more like the image of Jesus Christ. Sometimes storms come into our lives to correct us. Don't raise your hand, but like how many have ever faced a, a storm? I'm talking about not just like a difficulty or a, a late notice or just a, a flat tire that, hey, look, I, that, that's not usually under the classification of what I call a storm. But the winds are blowing and the waves are smashing and God uses that to correct you. <coughs> Maybe sometimes God uses storms to direct us. Happened in my life. He's, I said, God, what? It was smooth sailing there for a while. God, why? I mean, really? It's not like I need this. And God says, yeah, if, if, if you weren't having to be focused on prayer and dependence, you probably would miss what I'm trying to tell you. So God sometimes uses the storms in our lives to direct us. Sometimes... <coughs> God uses the storms in our lives to protect us. Have you ever been going a certain direction or doing a certain thing, and because the storm came up in your life, God used it to shake you up and to protect you from what could have been if you had continued to ignore God? Anybody receiving this today? I got one more. Sometimes God uses the storms in our lives to connect us. I'm talking about maybe some direction and, and, and correction is involved here, but sometimes God uses the difficulties of our life to connect us to other people who have difficulties in their lives. And so God uses the storms, all of the storms, whether self-inflicted, second-handed storms or God allows, uh, uh, sends the storm, God uses those in our lives. Jesus said in the gospel of John <clears throat> chapter 16, he says, I've told you these things so that in, in me, who is me? It's Jesus. So when I ask you again, help me. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me, who is me? Both campuses say it. Who is me? Jesus. So in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. There he goes again, minister of encouragement. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, just a, a casual reading of that passage, you'll have trouble. All right, Jesus said, all right, you're going to have trouble. He doesn't say you might have trouble. Jesus doesn't say you could have trouble. He says you will have trouble. Now, the, the word trouble, it's not just a trivial word. The word trouble in the original language means severe trouble distress. 
Jesus said, listen to me, you're going to have severe distress. It's going to happen. You will have it, but take heart. That's my favorite part. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Say, Terry, what do we do? What do the storms tell us? Well, the storms that we encounter in life, and I know I'm talking to some people at at both of our campuses and somebody that's listening in uh, Florida just before they go to the beach again. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Jesus says, take heart. The storms that we encounter in life remind us that we were not created for here. We were not created for here. For a time, but not for here. We were created for there. And so, as the storms come into our lives, we need to remember that God is in control and that, yes, storms are going to come. It's not that they could come, might come, they will come. And when they do come, not only are we reminded that we were not created for here, who wants a storm? I mean, seriously, I just soon not encounter them in the spiritual realm. I'd be fine that it was just smooth sailing. But they're going to come. And so we need him. We need the miraculous. Some people don't think that they need the miraculous. If you never, this was worth the gas that it took to drive to your campus today. If you never need a miracle in your life, then you're never going to see the miraculous in your life. We all, we all want to see great things happen. Wow, supernatural. Ooh, that had to be God. Man, I got to the end of my rope. I rowed all night. Maybe you have been rowing all night. If you never need it, you're never going to see it. If you never come to the point in your life that you need a miracle, you're never going to see the miraculous in your life. Look again at verse 27. He says, but Jesus immediately, immediately. Aren't you glad that we have a God who who doesn't leave us hanging? Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You call on him, he's there. He's near. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And immediately, Jesus said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. It is I. Don't be afraid. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing is that we're going to have storms. I do want to be the minister of encouragement to you today and That's why the second one is so important. Yes, you're going to have storms, but but God will be with us through the storms. Somebody amen. I mean, I'm serious. Terry won't be with you through the storms. I mean, I might be around. I might put my arm around you or encourage you. 
But God, listen to me, God will be with us through the storms. I like the fact that many of the stories in the Gospels are recorded in more than one Gospel. This story is recorded in the book of Mark. Listen to these two verses. Same story, by the way. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. Remember, should have taken two two to three hours. They were now nine hours into it, only halfway there. He, Jesus, was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. You know, maybe you're straining at the oars in life. They were straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking. What? Walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. I think that's the most awesome heart. Jesus comes walking on the lake. That tells me three things. Number one, when you and I are in the midst of our storm, he sees us. It says he, saw, he was on the shore. He saw them. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes literally it feels like nobody cares, nobody has thought of us. We're not even an afterthought. Sometimes we don't think we're going to make it and that nobody cares. I'm telling you today, maybe this will bring somebody hope today. God sees you. He has not forgotten you. Second, he prays for us. What do you mean he prays for us? Well, Romans chapter 8 says it this way. Who then is is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's a concept that Many times we don't even remember or think about that Jesus is praying for us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, when we don't even know what to pray, is making utterings to God the Father on our behalf. Have you ever gotten to the point, man, I just don't even know what to pray for? The Holy Spirit saying, don't worry about it. I got this. Uh, Father, led better. He's at a point in his life, he he doesn't even know what to pray for. So, Father, would you? And Jesus is praying for us. And not only does he see us, and he's praying for us. Scripture says that he came to them. He comes to us. Hmm. Just when you feel you can't do it. Just when you feel there is no hope, just when you feel hopeless and helpless, he comes, to, he comes to us. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever 
present help in trouble. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I'm telling you today that God is not afraid of any storm. Nothing that you are going through in your life, church, I'm talking to you, nothing that you are going through in your life catches him off guard. Whoop, man. Ledbetter, I can't believe I'm so surprised. God's not surprised. He's not surprised by my storm. He's not surprised by my, my responses. He's not resp- uh, surprised by what I'm going through. He knows what I'm going through. But you know something? A lot of times when somebody, listen, I know I'm talking to somebody. Listen, sometimes, I've seen it so many times through the years of ministry, that when difficulties come, when the storm relationally, in family, in marriage, in crisis, whatever it is, I have seen it. I don't understand. I don't get it. But I have seen people push God away. As if it's God's fault. Push the church. I have seen this. Man, I beat my head. I don't get it. People will come to me for counseling. <coughs> um, I just wonder, uh, Pastor, do you have any advice on this? And I say, and uh, you know, my, my people's skills and counseling skills may not be the highest rated, but what drives me insane it's when I give godly advice, not better advice, but godly advice from Scripture, from the Holy Spirit, and say to a couple or say to an individual, and then there was, when their response is, yeah, but, oh, that drives me crazy. Don't you come to me and say, yeah, but. I'll yell, but you. It, it's like, We're taking your time, and we're in this storm or this crisis, or I'm in this crisis, and all I've got is a yeah, but. I will, listen, I will tell you quickly, don't you yeah, but me. God is God. And even though we may be in the storms of life, God is in control. God is God. God is sovereign. Yeah, but I don't. You ain't listening. Maybe that's why they don't keep coming back for my counseling. But I'm just not going to put up. Don't you yell but me. I will tell you quick, that is so unbiblical. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but you need to listen. Yeah, but you need to get in the Word of God. Yeah, but you need to hang on. Keep rowing. Keep straining. This reminds me that The presence of a problem, church, does not mean the absence of your God. Just because you've got a problem doesn't mean that you don't have the presence of God. And and while I may not be present in your situation, God is always present in your situation. He says in, in verse 25, he says, shortly, it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. You've got to understand, they had been rowing for nine hours, and now it was at the darkest time of the entire night. It was 3 a.m. 
dark. Maybe that resounds with you because you too may be in the darkest hour of the night. So today I'm telling you, we're going to have storms. I'm telling you that God will be with you in the storms. Number three, many times God reveals himself in a different way. Many times God reveals himself in a brand new way. What happens? Well, Scripture says that he starts walking to them on the lake. When the, when, verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So they're thinking, what, what's up? What is this? What's going on with this? Verse 27 says, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. The word in the previous verse of fear, fear, they were afraid. I'm talking about they were terrified, but the word fear uh, is one of the most common commands in the entire Bible. Fear not, fear not. How many times is it in the Bible? 366 times. Fear not, fear not, fear not. One for every day of the year and one included for a leap year. Fear is the enemy of faith. And in the middle of a storm, fear not. Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, he's kind of a counterpart, counterpart to this theme he says in Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Some of you feel like today you're not even, you're not even waiting, you're like in the deep end. And the river is roaring. It says it will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Some of you feel like you're in the flames right now. That you're not going to get through this, you've been rowing all night. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You know what this tells me? It doesn't say, if you go through the waters. All right. Okay, just in case. Just in case. Just in case life deals you a hand and you have to go through the rivers. It doesn't say that. It says, you win. Win you. Win you. When you face the fire, when you face the river. You know what it tells me? If he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Can I get an amen, somebody? If he brings you to it, he's going to bring you through it. And finally... In your moment of desperation, your place of desperation can be your place of revelation. And it says that they saw him walking on the water. They, they were fearful because they didn't know what it was. He had revealed himself in a brand new way. What, what do you mean? 
Uh, he had never walked on water before in front of them. He might have done it on his own, but they had never seen him. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I mean, really, being at Daytona or Panama City or Punta Cana, and Jesus shows up, that's good. That's good. I'd, I'd love to hang out with Jesus for a little while. But after I'm hanging out with him for a little while and worshiping him, wor worshiping him, I'm going to say, hey, Jesus, come here. Would, would you do it again? Do what again? Walk on the water. Nobody's looking. Just, just me. They've never seen that before. And you know what? Oftentimes we're in the storms of life. And God is revealing himself. He's walking on the water. They've never seen it like that. They, they may have thought he was a ghost. I, I don't know exactly. But oftentimes God is revealing himself to us. And we're not even noticing that he's there. Quick. Three things to do. Jot these down. I'm going to give them to you quick. Three things to do if, if you're in a storm right now. First, run to God. Just as fast as you can, drop everything. Go run to God. Second, run to God's family. Don't push God away and don't push God's family away. Get involved. Get around other believers. Don't drop out. Don't take a break. Run to God. Run to God's family. And last, run to God's promises. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When I said run to God's family, listen. Celebrate recovery at North Star is so crucial. It, it's, it's for anybody with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. That's part of our church. That's part of this family. Maybe God is leading you to become part of that ministry through your storm. But God is with you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the word that teaches us that's so clear on how we're supposed to live and what we need to do. It's, it's an instruction manual. It's a blueprint for living. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, God, for the word today. I pray for that person that seems, the circumstances in their life seems hopeless, lonely. They're discouraged, depressed, oppressed. Pray that you'll minister to them today. Maybe you're here today and you realize for the first time that you've never given your heart to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity just to say yes to Christ. It's more than repeating a prayer. It's a declaration of faith and repentance from your heart. It can, you can say something like this, Dear God, today I realize that I'm lost. I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. Today I believe that Jesus died on the cross and not only that, that he rose on the third day. Today I repent of my sins and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you and I follow you as Lord and Savior. Maybe your prayer as a believer is simply, God, 
Thank you for the reminder that you're here and you're with us. I'm going to ask that everyone, both campuses, please stand with me. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would take these closing moments of worship. Help us not to just to seize the opportunity to slip out and to beat the traffic, but God, help us to be still and know that you are God and to hear the message that you have for us. Dear God, I pray as the Spirit of God moves throughout our church today that, God, victories would be won and that, God, today you would draw us closer to you. Remind us afresh who you are and what you want for us. In Jesus' name I pray.